It was all about Group B on Tuesday evening of match day six, as three clubs battled it out for the top two spots. And it was the two teams in Lisbon that progressed to the knockout stages, despite Napoli's victory over Benfica. Mertens dummies the shot into the penalty, and oh, it's a super goal! Lovely feint and dribble from Dries Mertens, and made the difference for Napoli. So Napoli progress as group winners with Benfica in second, while nine-man Besiktas finished third after collapsing to a shock 6-0 defeat in Kiev. Meanwhile in Germany, Bayern came out on top in the battle of the two UEFA Champions League heavyweights. It's Lewandowski, it's a wonderful goal! Right into the top left-hand corner, and Robert Lewandowski has put Bayern in front. So Atletico top Group D despite this defeat, with Bayern progressing as runners-up. Elsewhere, Arsenal pipped Paris Saint-Germain to top spot in Group A, and in Group C, Barcelona made it five wins out of six as they put four past Borussia Mönchengladbach. We'll bring you all the analysis and key reaction to the night action, and we'll hear from Arsene Wenger, Patrick Roberts, and Kalecci Iannaccio. Plus, we'll preview Wednesday's games, including a top-two decider in Group F, Real Madrid host Borussia Dortmund, and it's a must-win game for Leon at home to Sevilla. So stay with us right here on Match Day Live. Welcome to the show. I'm Rob Daly and I'm joined by European football expert Andy Brassel. Andy, a dramatic way to end these four groups on the Tuesday round of fixtures. Yes, full of surprises. And uh, the, the, the real one that we weren't expecting was in Kiev, where uh, Dinamo were asked for a, a reaction to their domestic disappointment and their elimination from UEFA club competition by Sergei Rebrov, and they got it. And how they got it with that 6-0 win for, for poor Bajiktas, who have contributed so much to the group. But we're seeing two very good teams go for, forward in Benfica and Napoli. And, of course, the twist in Paris with uh, Ludogorets helping Arsenal finish top of the group by going and, and drawing with Paris Saint-Germain. OK, analysis of all these games to come. Let's run through Tuesday's group stage results. In Group B, Benfica 1, Napoli 2, Dynamo Kiev 6, Besiktas 0. In Group D, Bayern 1, Atletico 0, PSV Eindhoven 0, Rostov 0, Rostov into the UEFA Europa League. Group C, Manchester City 1, Celtic 1, Barcelona 4, Borussia Mönchengladbach 0. And in Group A, Paris Saint-Germain 2, Ludogorets 2, Basel 1. Arsenal 4. So we'll start a review of Tuesday night's action in Group B, where Benfica hosted Napoli. Richard Connolly, watch this one. Callahan through the centre though now, and Callahan has given Napoli the lead. 14 minutes into the second half, the Italian side in front, and Napoli heading through to the knockout phase as winners of Group B. Now Goulam down the left-hand side, that's nicely pulled back. Mertens dummies the shot into the penalty. Oh, it's a super goal! Lovely feint and dribble from Dries Mertens. He's scored one and made one and made the difference for Napoli. Big chance for Benfica. Napoli have lost it at the back and it's 2-1. Beautifully finished by Raul Jimenez. Mistake at the back by Napoli. And the Mexican stepped in and coolly took his chance. It's a goal back for Benfica. Benfica 1, Napoli 2. Worth noting, of course, going into that game, neither side have qualified for the round of 16. Richard Connolly's with me now. Richard, the fact that Dynamic have a 4-0 up 
at half-time in their game against Besiktas certainly changed the dynamic of this one. Yeah, it took the tension out of it, there's no doubt about it. We were really hoping um, that Group B was going to build towards a dramatic crescendo. There had been so many twists and turns in the previous five match days, it seemed unfeasible uh, that Besiktas would go to Kiev, having come back from three goals down against Benfica on match day five to keep their chances alive, that they would then crumble so poorly as they did in Ukraine. Well, they did, and that meant that Benfica and Napoli, for most of this match, knew that their places in the last 16 were safe. Um, what it was really about was who was going to top the group. Benfica had to win the game, uh, but with a big league game against Sporting to come at the weekend, were perhaps not so concerned about that. The real difference, actually, was the technical quality that Napoli showed, particularly in the second half. And with Dries Mertens coming on as a substitute in the second period, he brought an added edge, a directness to them, a speed, a willpower. He wanted to make the difference, and he did. One flick around the corner uh, from which Callahan benefited for the 1-0, and then a super little swerve and finish um, for 2-0 on 79 minutes. That was the moment of the match, and he probably was the player of the match in that half an hour. He made such a difference. Benfica, this proud, proud home record, hadn't lost at home since February. And actually, even with everything we've said, it didn't matter. They weren't going to score three goals in the last five minutes, but they kept at it. That was the great thing. Mm. The fans were roaring them on. And um, they got a goal. Raul Jimenez caught out Albiol at the back and, and pulled one back for 2-1. And you'd have thought they were playing for... for Really big stakes at the end. They weren't. They were just playing to preserve this unbeaten run for pride, essentially. And it, it made for a, an enjoyable finish, and they kept at it. Um, and they've got the significant consolation prize, Benfica, of qualifying for the knockout phase uh, now for the second successive season, the first time they've done that in club history. That's a big landmark. Napoli, of course, an even bigger one. They're through as group winners and into the knockout phase for only the second time. So in the end, when the dust settles, both teams very happy. Thank you very much. And Richard, when we talk about going into the knockout phase and how these two teams might do here, I mean, we've talked so much about what Napoli are missing at the moment with the injured Adek Milik. And, of course, what Mertens did to come on and change the game was significant. But, you know, let's stay with those substitutes. We've talked about what Napoli don't have, but we look at, you know, who they didn't need, really, uh, with uh, Jorginho staying on the bench unused, Nikola Maximovic, one of the best defenders in Italy last season, Marco Roge and um, Piotr Zielinski only getting little cameos. They've got decent strength in depth, and, and they'll be a match for anyone, won't they? Yeah, they've got they've got pace. They've got terrific organisation. They've got a 4-3-3 that collapses back into a into a sort of 4-5-1. When they're going well, the full-backs go forward. We saw Gulam play a, a real part in that Merton's second goal. Didn't see a great deal of Husai this evening, but he too is a, is a fine full-back. With Albiol back into the defence, they're reassured. Rayner's got all the experience in the world at the back. They're certainly going to take some beating. Like Benfica, they're going to need a little bit of assistance with the draw. There are several teams in there, of course, that everybody wants to avoid, whether you win the group or finish second. You know there is a big shark in, in the pool of teams that you can, you can draw. They're going to need a bit of good fortune. Um, but they've got every chance of continuing their run. I was really impressed with Napoli tonight. There's so much technical ability in that side, and they've got a real bravery about them in the way they want to pass the ball out from the back. They won't compromise on that, and they do it with a zip about them. And Merton's just added to that when he came on. And, yeah, they, they haven't got Milik. Obviously, the, the Higuain days from, from last season are gone too. Um, but they've shown they've got a capability to adapt. Richard, thank you. Get thinking about your man of the match, Richard Conley, our commentator.
Uh, for Napoli's win at Benfica, here's how the group looks. Napoli 11 points, Benfica 8, Besiktas 7 and Dinamo Kiev 5. And that's because Dinamo Kiev got a 6-0 win against Besiktas. Besiktas knew, Andy, that if they won, they would go into the round of 16, regardless of what happened in Lisbon. So where did things go wrong? in Ukraine? Well, it, it all started with the first goal. That might seem obvious, but it was such a, a sloppy goal to concede with uh, a throw-in on the right-hand side for Dinamo Kiev. And Bajiktas just totally switched off. And uh, Andrei Yarmolenko was able to get to the byline with ease and set up Artem, Artem Besiedin for a, a really, really simple opener. And from then, I, I think the psychological effects of, of that weighed really heavily on them. And, and they lost their heads a, a little bit. And it's a shame because they've contributed so much to the group. I feel it if they'd have got a quick equaliser, and they did have their chances for a quick equaliser, you know, those sort of details are, are, are lost in the overall numbers when you get to the end of a, a, a defeat of this, this heaviness, really. Um, but if they'd have got it back to 1-1 and you had Ricardo Quaresma making things happen on the, on the left-hand side, there was a cross of his that a few players at the back post just failed to connect with. Vincent Aboubacar had a shot that went just across the face of goal, could easily have gone in at the back post with Rudko already beaten. Maybe that would have made a difference. Mm. Um, but once the second goal in, especially with the red card for Andreas Beck, which they're probably still complaining about now. Um, you know, that that was the moment where it just became something too too hard for them to, to scale. Yes, indeed. Peshitas now going to the UEFA Europa League after that 6-0 loss. OK, let's move to Group D now. Our second featured match on the show saw Atletico travel to Germany to face Bayern. This one was watched by John Bradley. Lewandowski is just waiting for Clement Turpan, our referee, to blow his whistle. Will it be the right foot of Lewandowski, the left of Douglas Costa? It's Lewandowski! It's a wonderful goal! Right into the top left-hand corner, and Robert Lewandowski has put Bayern in front. It is a clinical and a wonderful free kick. It's Bayern 1, Atletico 0. Half cleared, but Renato Sanchez can get it back. And Douglas Costa with his left foot. Wonderful save by the goalkeeper. Costa back across the face of goal. Robin crosses. It breaks to Thiago and it's hacked away. Oh, it's a wonderful run by Robin away from one, away from two, and goes down under the challenge. Referee says no penalty. Well, let's speak to John Bradley now, our commentator for this one. John, there was, there was essentially nothing riding on this one. So why was it so entertaining and dramatic? Because we had two managers who decided they wanted to make a statement in the UEFA Champions League this season. Atletico, of course, had beaten Bayern 1-0 at the Calderon on, on match day two. And certainly Bayern wanted to have their say, of course. The sides met in the semi-final last season and it was always going to be tight. And they both named pretty strong sides, considering we already knew the circumstances. Um, for the first 15, 20 minutes, it was all Atletico, but Bayern got a foothold and started to dominate. And Diego Simeone agrees with that. He says we had a couple of big chances at the start, but then Bayern took control. They controlled the ball and they dominated the first half. In the second period, we looked better and it was more even. And we come away with a positive feeling from our final 15 minutes. And in that final 15 minutes, they did have a go. But you've got to say that with goal scoring a bit of a problem for Atletico at the moment, it will be a concern that they really fail to trouble Manuel Neuer after the first 15 minutes of this game. Bayern, what you would be if you were being 
ultra critical you'd say they should be winning by ball but they will be grateful for a first clean sheet in nine as well but still john uh, even with atletico's current problems you know there are a team that got to the final of the uefa champions league twice in the last three seasons they've looked even stronger overall in the group stage this year than they did last year they put away uh, psv eindhoven who caused them so many more problems in in the last 16 last year i mean there's no one who's going to want to draw them and let's look at the plus side, Andy. No one has ever won all six group games and gone on to win the competition. <laughs> so, so they can take it. They can take the plus from that, can't they? Diego Simeone tonight. He was really disappointed to lose that game, and in the last minute or so, he was urging his players forward to try and get an equaliser. Uh, but as you say, over two legs, who fancies their chances against a side like Atleti? Uh, John, while we have you, just a quick one. Uh, can you can you let us know your thoughts on Rostov getting into the round of 32 of the UEFA Europa League after that 0-0 draw at PSV Eindhoven? Well, I, I've watched a lot of Rostov over the last couple of years and they've gone from the bottom of the Russian Premier League to mixing it with Europe uh, elite in the UEFA Champions League. Let's not be kidding ourselves they were never going to get through in a group that contained Bayern and Atleti unless something remarkable happened what has actually happened is remarkable in itself that they've beaten Bayern in Rostov it put them in charge of the third place and the qualification for the UEFA Europa League and it's a sensational achievement for them and the players have all been gathering in the dressing room and having photos taken because it's a huge achievement for a small Russian club not only to finish second in the Russian Premier League last season but to now make it through to the Europa League and finish third in a group that can contained three big European clubs. Certainly did. John, thank you. Get thinking about your man of the match. Group D finished like this. Atletico 15 points, Bayern 12, Rostov 5, PSV Eindhoven 2. Philip Koku said after the game, we are not at the level of last year's performance in the UEFA Champions League when they made the round of 16. OK, to Group C now. Uh, Manchester City played out a 1-1 draw with Celtic. City playing lots of youngsters, but one of their own scored against them very early on. Patrick Roberts on loan from City for Celtic scored the opener past Willy Caballero. He was asked how much that goal meant to him. A lot. I mean, I feel my family here, and it's obviously the club I'm signed at. So no, it was a good feeling, and I'm, I'm pleased and pleased for the performance as well. It was good, good performance for too. I'm uh, here to play for Celtic, and I've got to do my, my best for the, on the pitch. So that's what I did. I've got to just do what I do on the pitch, and hopefully that gives me a chance. So no, um, I'm happy with the, the game today. So um, no, I'm pleased. A tough group at the start of the season, so we came into every game positive and looking to get the best result we can. And I think we did that at times. We played some top quality teams and. Uh, to, to get two points to cities against cities, uh, no, it's good. So a 19-year-old opened the scoring. Brilliant individual goal by Patrick Roberts. Well worth uh, checking out as well. The equaliser was scored by 20-year-old striker Kalechi Iannaccio. It was a tough game today, and they were a good side, very good side. They have uh, great quality players, and it was, a, it was a tough game for us. Uh, we are pleased to get the draw, but it, it wasn't the result we were looking for, but we're pleased to get the draw. Kalechi Iannaccio, who got the equaliser on eight minutes, no goals after that. We knew ahead of kickoff the City were going to finish second and Celtic fourth in Group C. But a great moment for Patrick Roberts, Andy, who's shown Pep Guardiola what he can do. That's right. Of course, product of the uh, AFC Wimbledon Academy before you uh, went, I knew went that on was to Fulham. Get <laughs> Did you? <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe the first uh, AFC Wimbledon uh, Academy graduate to score in the UEFA Champions League. Uh, I believe we're waiting for confirmation of that. Messi but didn't come from... Wimbledon, no? Apparently not. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> but uh, never, nevertheless, a, a great a great moment for him. And you know what? Even when Iheanacho equalised, Celtic continued to play with freedom and belief. And they've been excellent, I think, in this in this group stage. Of course, the, the, the beating up at the Camp Nou at Barcelona could have really made their heads go down. 
they're criticised for their away form in Europe, and you know, rightfully so. They've had their difficulties on the road in the UEFA Champions League. But this young team under Brendan Rodgers has showed enterprise, has showed bravery. They could have won that game. They had the best chances in the second half. Gary Mackay-Steven had a really good one. Lee Griffiths, who later came on for for, for Moussa Dembélé, who for, for once wasn't their headliner, um, he, he had a, he had a great effort as well. So I, I think they've got a lot to build on. They certainly do. Barcelona going into the night had already won the group. They beat Borussia Mönchengladbach by four goals to nil. Gladbach going to the UEFA Europa League. One goal for Messi, so he doesn't quite equal Ronaldo's group stage record of 11 goals in one campaign. Messi finished with 10. But Arda Turan got a hat-trick. Fine showing. 17-minute hat-trick for the Turkish international. Barca win the group with 15 points. City with nine. Gladbach with five. Celtic bottom uh, with three points. Uh, let's turn our attention now to Group A. Uh, Arsenal have won Group A, Andy Brassel. Hat-trick for Lucas Perez. 4-1 win at Basel. Paris Saint-Germain's 2-2 draw Ludogorets means that the Gunners win their section. That's right. And they might not have expect, expected the favour from Ludogorets, but Arsenal's attitude was great. That, that all they could ever do was control the controllables, so to speak. And the, I think that Lucas Perez came in uh, and stood up and, and made a difference was, was particularly important. Of course, uh, he, he's had his difficulties, mainly with injury, since uh, he's arrived in London. Of course, a different role for him um, because he was the main man at Deportivo La Coruña. Not so... Uh, with Arsenal and he's had to really batter his way in and, and find a role and uh, to take this opportunity with three real strikers goals as well is something that will please Arsene Wenger because of course they don't have a winter break in England he'll have a very very busy um, Christmas and New Year period uh, to, to, to make the most of a, a few opportunities and you know I think they've got so many options now that there'll be, there'll be something to watch out for in, in the knockout stages of the UEFA Champions League he has scored for Deportivo this season and he got two in the English League Cup against Nottingham Forest mm. but a hat-trick for Lucas Perez tonight and Arsene Wenger was delighted to get his number nine up and running in the UEFA Champions League I think he took advantage of the fact that uh, we created good chances. And but he's a goal scorer, you know. He do, ne do never score scored over 20 goals in Spain, and that's never coincidence. So overall, I think he has shown that tonight that he has a good smell for a goal in the in the box. We did the job, I think, in a convincing way. Where mobile uh, started very well, scored goals on all our accelerations, and uh, overall we had a convincing performance. At least uh, we have done our job and let's see what happens. They certainly did their job and uh, they got that big win against West Ham at the weekend. And you spoke to some of the players recently as well. Are you sensing that Arsenal are peaking at the moment in terms of their season so far? They're getting there. I think they've still got a little way to go. I think what they can take from this is just an enormous improvement from last year's UEFA Champions League group stage where they really had to scramble after those two defeats in the opening two games. There's been no need for such dramatics this time and they just look that little bit more poised. And, you know, the, the, the fact that they have got options, that they've got Lucas Perez, that they've got uh, Olivier Giroud to come off the sure. bench and, and, and make an impact because it looks like that their, their first choice attacking options are Alexis Sanchez, as they always will be, but playing Theo Walcott um, in, in sort of semi-tandem with him. Um, but, you know, that they, they have got a, a lot of choices they can make. You know, you see the way that they bought Granit Xhaka for a lot of money and he's, he's not walked straight into the team. So, you know, I think this makes them a, a slightly different proposition than they were. I'll be really interested to see what, what draw they get on December the 12th. What will the move be at Paris Saint-Germain? They got a 2-2 draw against Ludogorets. Ludogorets almost winning the game. Disappointed. I mean, it's uh, been a tough few days for them, right, after the defeat to Montpellier as well. It has, it has. Um, and, 
Unai Emery will only ever be judged on his performance in the UEFA Champions League like as, Laurent Blanc as, as the season goes on. Absolutely. Um, but, but it's interesting to see um, Paris struggle a little bit with the sort of shape that uh, Emery used when, when he was at Sevilla. It was a 4-2-3-1 with Atem Ben Arfa coming into the picture. Of course, Marco Verratti suspended uh, tonight. And th th they struggled to really find that fluency and in the end they're going to have to find a balance between the sort of possession heavy football they played under Laurent Blanc mm. and the more reactive football that Emery likes to play so it's just a case of team and coach getting to know each other a bit better but of course they've got a couple of months to do it now they certainly do they are through to the next round of the UEFA Champions League Arsenal top group A though with 14 points French champions finished with 12 in second Ludogorets into the UEFA Europa League with that point three points Basel out of European competition, bottom of the section. Uh, coming up on Match Day Live, we're going to preview Wednesday night's deciding group stage encounters. Dizemos não ao racismo. Nein zum Rassismus. Nein til Rassismus. Non au racisme. Nein til Rassismus. Nein Rassismus. Cristiano Ronaldo, Manuel Neuer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Vincent Kompany, Caroline Segar and Lionel Messi are just a few of the European football stars saying no to racism. European football united against racism. Respect. You're listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live. OK, let's now concentrate on Wednesday night's games in the UEFA Champions League. Our main feature match is Real Madrid face Borussia Dortmund. It's a fight for top spot in the section. Uh, Phil Black is going to be our commentator for this one. Um, Phil, thanks for joining us. H how do you see the two teams lining up? Are they going to go full strength, do you think, for this one? I think they are, Rob. Yeah, good evening. I, I hope they do. And I hope it's um, you know, a free-flowing, attacking feast of football, which it promises to be. And listening to, uh, to the two coaches, actually, earlier today, that's certainly the impression that, that they were given, that both of these really want to go for it. Both have got targets to aim for already through, as you say, to, uh, to the knockout stages. But Real Madrid need the win to get top spot for a, a club of, of their stature as, as the holders. That's obviously important in their list of priorities, as is uh, equaling a 34-game unbeaten club record, which they would manage to do if they're able to avoid defeat against Dortmund. But Zinedine Zelen has made it clear he wants to win, he wants top spot, as does Thomas Tuchel, not just because of the potential draw in the next stage. He thinks it's more important, actually, for the development of his squad to, to prove that they can come to a place like the, the Bernabeu to top a group, including the holders. He thinks that will give them greater confidence going into the, the knockout stages and the second half of their season. And, of course, you know, 19 goals we've seen from, from Dortmund in the group stages. One more would equal a record that I think Real Madrid have a, a share of as well. So plenty of incentives on the, uh, the attacking side of things for the game. And it's interesting, Phil, because there's no doubt that uh, Zinedine Zidane's Real Madrid have been a, a real meritocracy. He's picked the, the best players rather than the biggest names. And in the last couple of weeks especially, some of those younger players, we've already seen Marco Asensio made a, make a big dent in the UEFA Super Cup, for example, but we're seeing others like Mariano, like his son, Enzo, showing that they are perhaps ready to, to push through as well. So it could be a night for them to make an impact. It could be a night for them. I think they'll be involved in and around the squad. He's got pretty much a full-strength squad available. No Gareth Bale is the only absentee. There were doubts over Tony Cruz. He's been out with the metatarsal. Uh, Alvaro Morata, I think, were both involved in training ahead of the game, so it could be available for selection. But, yeah, an embarrassment of riches, really, in, 
in terms of the option uh, available to Zinedine Zidane. And you're right, you know, he hasn't picked on reputation and potentially that is causing a few issues. I know he was asked at the press conference about the, the future of James Rodriguez, who, because of some of those names that you talked about, hasn't really been getting a, a regular game. Uh, whether he is happy and Zidane says, you know, he will get his chance, he will still have an important part to play, that there's no issue there, nor is, is there with, with Karen Benzema, who he's counting on to come back to his best form as well. But it, it certainly helps in that respect and, and strengthens the coach's position when he has the, the younger options coming through, who, when given the opportunity, have impressed. And, and yeah, this is uh, another ideal chance maybe to have a look at them. Not necessarily from the start, I wouldn't expect, but I, I certainly think they'll be involved. Phil, thank you very much. Look forward to your company tomorrow. Phil Blacker commentating on what should be a cracker between Real Madrid and Dortmund. Real Madrid have to win it to pip Dortmund to top spot in the section. The other game in Group F, Legia Sporting. Remember, Legia, of course, beaten 8-4 by Dortmund in the highest ever, scoring UEFA Champions League match on match day five. Uh, our other feature game is from Group H on uh, the Wednesday show with Leon hosting Sevilla. Adam Summerton is going to be commentating on this one for us. Adam, it's probably worth reminding people of the situation of, of what Leon needs to do to pip Sevilla uh, to a place in the UEFA Champions League round of 16? Yeah, quite simple, really. They need to win and they need to do it by two clear goals. Uh, I think it's interesting that ahead of the game, we've seen Bruno Genesio saying, though, that you know his players have got 90, possibly 95 minutes to achieve that. And he's stressing the importance of not thinking that they have to go out and blitz uh, Sevilla or at least attempt to blitz them straight away, try and win the game early. His preaching patience, really, I think, is probably the way of describing it. And the interesting thing is, Adam, is that Sevilla are a strong favourite and they have been for a, a while in this group. And of course, they do have some sort of margin for error. But even pre-Sampaoli, if we go back to Unai Emery, they're not great on the road, are they? No, and I think that it's been interesting listening to Sampaoli talk before the game when asked would his side approach this differently. And that's the that's a difficult thing for a side that are in their position that know that they just need to avoid defeat by two clear goals. Uh, and they've done the job because, of course, that you know puts doubts in players' minds. And he's been saying, look, it's the same as normal. We want our to be true to our philosophy. We want to uh, get more possession in the opposition. We want to have a high press, almost just trying to keep those messages coming through to the players. Because I think the psychological side of things in this sort of game is hugely important. And as you say, particularly away from home where um, their record uh, hasn't been great. And they, they haven't travelled well to France, by the way. They've lost their... Uh, their previous visits to all three of them to France. Adam, thank you very much. Adam Summerton will be our commentator for Lyon against Sevilla. Lyon looking to win that one by two clear goals uh, to get past the Spanish side and into the next round of the UEFA Champions League. Juve against Dinamo Zagreb is the other game in the section. Juve top of that group by a point at the moment with 11 points and they are through already to the round of 16. Uh, Andy, quick one. We, we have two other groups uh, in the Wednesday round of fixtures. In Group E, it's Leverkusen, Monaco, and Spurs, Tsiuska, Moskva. I suppose some of the big news breaking today is that Lenin Slutsky, it's been confirmed that he's leaving after, after the Spurs game at Wembley. That's right, and it would be a good legacy uh, for his successor if they were to get into the UEFA Europa League. Of course, they've got a great history in the competition. They won it in Lisbon against Sporting in uh, 2005 when it's, it's still the UEFA Cup. So this means something to Tsiuska, who are having a difficult time domestically as well. Yeah, they have to win at Spurs at Wembley uh, to beat them to third spot in the section. And in Group G, it's Club Brugge against Copenhagen. 
Porto versus Leicester. There is a spot up for grabs here. Leicester have already won the group. Yeah, there is. And Porto realistically have to win this as well because you would expect uh, Copenhagen to win at Club Brugge. Porto really struggling for goals recently. Of course, four successive nil-nil draws. And it looked like a fifth one in the game against Braga on Saturday. And in the 95th minute, 18-year-old Rui Pedro on debut, came on and Score scored that. the winner. So watch out for him tomorrow night. Very exciting indeed. Lots of exciting young players coming through at Porto. OK, let's get some man of the matches uh, from our, our panel today. Richard Conley, first of all, man of the match, Benfica against Napoli. Well, he only came on with 33 minutes remaining, but I'm going to give it to Dries Mertens, a key contribution, set up a goal for Callihan, then scored a beauty himself. Um, and if you look at the group as a whole, four goals and three assists, so a direct contribution to seven of Napoli's 11 goals in the group phase. And when we've talked about the key injury to Milik, that is enormous for them, and he has played a significant role in propelling them to the top of Group B. Certainly has. Uh, John Bradley, man of the match from the game in Munich. He may have been guilty of what will be the worst miss in the UEFA Champions League group stage this <laughs> season and possibly any other season, but Thiago Alcantara, who managed to take the game by the scruff of the neck when Atleti were dominating early on. He, he was outstanding and getting by and back into it. All is forgiven, I'm sure. John, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Andy Brassel from the other game, standout player. Well, tough night for Turkish football, but at least Arda Turan could put a smile on a few faces with that hat-trick uh, for Barcelona against Mönchengladbach. Going to be more and more important for them in the knockout phases too, he will. Certainly will. Uh, gents, thank you very much uh, for your company uh, this evening. That's about all we have time for on Match Day Live on a night which saw two more teams confirm their places into the last 16. It was all about Group B as Napoli and Benfica booked their places into the knockout stages courtesy of Besiktas' 6-0 defeat at Dinamo Kiev. Elsewhere in Germany, Bayern edged out Atletico 1-0 but still finished behind the Spaniards in Group D. And in Group A, Arsenal picked Paris Saint-Germain to top spot after their win in Basel and the French side's draw against Ludogorets. And in Group C, Barcelona rubber-stamped first place after their impressive 4-0 win over Borussia Mönchengladbach. So join us again from 19.30 Central European time on Wednesday night for full commentary of Real Madrid versus Borussia Dortmund. Plus, we have extended updates of Lyon against Sevilla from France. We'll bring you all the goals as they go in across Europe on match day six of the UEFA Champions League. So until then, from Richard Connolly, John Bradley, Andy Brassel, and myself, Rob Daly, it's goodbye. It's Lewandowski, it's a wonderful goal. Right into the top left-hand corner. Yarmolenko steps up for Dinamo Kiev and slots it past the goalkeeper. Dinamo Kiev two, Besiktas nil. He went down the middle, and it's a big blow for the Turkish champions. Kalahol through the centre though now, and Kalahol has given Napoli the lead. 14 minutes into the second half. Mertens dummies the shot into the penalty, and oh, it's a super goal. Lovely feint and dribble from Dries Mertens. He's scored one and made one and made the difference for Napoli. Big chance for Benfica. Napoli have lost it at the back and it's 2-1. Beautifully finished by Raul Jimenez. Mistake at the back by Napoli. And the Mexican stepped in and coolly took his chance. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.